What's going on, y'all? This is your boy, Lita Johnson, and um, my little Villanova radio. I got some things to talk about as far as Villanova and just this team. And um, it's a lot to go with this schedule. Um, there's a couple of key games. There's a couple of key teams. And I'll just let you know where Villanova stands. It's a good one for Villanova basketball. I did Villanova football, so I'm focused on more on Villanova basketball right now. And we'll talk a little bit about recruiting. You know, because right now, the 2021 is still ro- the 2020 is still rolling. And Villanova's not going to be busy. I'm not saying they couldn't get a, or they have a scholarship, but I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see them getting one. I think the one you're going to look at this year is the two commits is Chris Archidiacono and Caleb Daniels. Even though Archidiacono is in another class and Caleb is a transfer, those are two really of the new commits because Quinterly um, transferring really made that possible for them to go and get Archidiacono, who's a good scorer, shooter. Villanova's going to like him. The development of Jay Wright with a prospect, everybody should know Daryl Reynolds is probably the lowest prospect, ranked prospect. That was a part of Villanova, you know, and he was a good player. He was a good player, man. He's a, when, when, when it was time for him to step up, he stepped up. So that should let you know what Jay Wright does with talent. So I'm going to be absolutely honest. Archie Jackson is going to be a killer. You have to watch basketball and see this guy. And, 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 and do I think he would? The one school that was recruiting was Quinnipiac. You know, Baker Dunleavy, they was recruiting him. I think he would have did good over there, but not as good as he's going to do in Nova. Jay Wright is another monster. And then Big East play. And then different uh, players around him. But Archie Diakono would have ate. Archie Diakono, I would have been proud if he scored 20 a game. But the type of player that, the, that he would be that would make him. I mean, for real. Let's just talk about Chris Archie Diakono a little bit. Um, he's a 20-point-a-game scorer. He's a deadly shooter. What wouldn't make him a guy in a system that caters to him? Look at Joe Cremo with Albany. What would make him a guy to score 20 a game? Honestly. I think we're downplaying Chris Archdiakono a little bit. And I think I didn't talk about him enough, so I'm apologize too. Because it wasn't like I didn't know he was he's a good pickup. I just, you know, it was like Quinley left, then good. Oh, whew, wipe your head. Fill the void. Because you don't want absent spots on your roster, you know. And he's going to be a hard worker like his brother. He comes from a good culture of a family. I mean, it's it's a Villanova family. So he's like a legacy recruit. I like that. I mean, I don't think I've heard about too many legacy recruits in Nova, if I can remember. And this is one. And this is great. This is absolutely great. And he's going to be great. He's going to be a good, patient point guard. But what you're going to have to worry about, the boy can shoot. When it comes out, he's a three-star point guard. When it comes out. It's going to be too late. Same thing with Colin Gillespie. So Colin Gillespie is a better player. He's stronger. He's he's uh, more athletic. He's more explosive. I want to see Colin take it to the hole more this year. I want to see him take it to the hole. He can score on you. We know he can shoot. I think he's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a system he has to go by. And I think because of who was on the floor, with Phil Booth, it was really hard, and he didn't. He hadn't learned yet either. You know, it was times he could have took over. He didn't, but he learning from Booth now. With him coming back, learning from Booth, I mean, he's gonna be a dog. Colin gonna be a dog. But one thing people don't understand is that Colin's a a, a real good point guard. 
you have to let him also at the top of the key. He has to be the guard with the say so. I don't care if Brian Antoine's there or not. Kyle is going to have to say so now. It's not Phil Booth anymore. Like it was two point guards there, and Phil was a senior, and Jay Wright gives his seniors the keys. So he he really couldn't have that decision making room. And then he had to learn too. People don't understand. He was a freshman. Like people got to understand that about Colin and Damir Cosby Roundtree. They won the championship their first year. They they was getting time, both of them. And the second year was a learning process. Nobody remember Cosby Roundtree being the MVP, won the tournaments that Nova won. He's a good player. I just hate the dog. They dogging a the mess out Cosby. I don't. I don't. I don't even like like what Nova says. He's a hard worker for one. If you like Daryl Reynolds, you like Cosby Roundtree, but he's a better Daryl Reynolds. Eric Pascal commanded the front court. They're going to need Cosby. You think Jay Wright ain't telling this man he's not going to be a three-point shooter? No. You want him to shoot some mid-range jumpers? That can happen. And I think, you know, the way – look. my thing is look at Daniel Sheffield. You want to look at Cosby Roundtree? Look at Daniel Sheffield. He's just taller. That's the same type of players, man. Se- listen, but Oshefu was a little bit more, listen, he's, he was just 2.0. If you want to say a younger player, an older player, be a 2.0 of a younger player, this is where it's at. Oshefu just did more. He was just more stronger, more athletic. Well, he was just as athletic, but just more stronger. Better offensive moves in the post. Better offensive moves in the post. So with Daniel Oshefu... Being like the 2.0 of Cosby Roundtree, it was um, it was real, 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 real big to look at those two, like analyze it. And Cosby Roundtree's a good inside guy, good inside guy. Um, now this team here, when I'm gonna look at with this team, you just have to look at how deep they are. I just look at so many dissections of of this team. And you feel like like there's so many weapons. There's so many ways they can win and why they will win it. The first 11 games are real tough. If you're looking at games, um, Ohio State's the, the one I'm looking at the most. Because that's a, that's a talented group. I mean, Carton, Lydell, Muhammad. It's going to be some good players coming in for that, that, that squad. So it's going to be a big test for this other young team. These are two young teams, two next-level young teams. This is the next era of Ohio State. For the next era of Villanova. So what this does is just it musters up a lot. It musters up a whole union of excitement. Because I just think it's a lot of talented players coming in. The Ohio State thing is big. We're going to see uh, Carton going against, you know, Gillespie. That'll be a good matchup to see that go down. Luther Muhammad and um, Antoine won't be there. But Brandon Slater against Luther Muhammad. These are guys who were all-star high school type guys. These guys are beasts. Luther Muhammad is a mamba. Slater is just all. I'm just waiting to see that. And I, I know he's going to start his shooting guard. There's no way that you're going to tell me. Now, Sadiq Bey did a great job to become, you know, the, the three or the four position. So, with that happening, it was it was big for them. And it was a, it was a clear, clear impact. Now, you got people coming in. And you got a lot of good players, a lot of good players making their move, making their move in Villanova's young players. Now, Bay is that guy. Bay and Slater were DMV boys. I'm talking about DMV studs, all-stars. So now you got them on the same team. I just think this whole recruiting that Nova did is like these two dudes 
Slater was recruited by a lot of people to where he could get automatic minutes. I mean, he can come in and start, you know, quick. And then you're looking at Sadiq Bey as another guy. NC State, that was a blow for them. That was a blow. And now you got Sadiq Bey and Slater. Now, you put Brandon Slater on that mark. You put him right there. And it is no question if Antoine is gone, he's coming down there. Slater was a shooting guard. He can guard three positions. You put Slater with a Gillespie, that is a dangerous, sneaky backcourt. That is a very sneaky, dangerous backcourt. Now, Jermaine Samuels, he's ready. I mean, the way he's playing basketball, I think he's a Big East player of the year candidate. No question. Looking at him over, you know, over with Team USA, just seeing what he did over there. His game is, when he was recruited by Villanova, I was like, this kid is good. He can really, really play. He was a top 50 type of player. I mean, he was, Duke wanted, there's no, no doubt Duke wanted this guy. And I think politics would have made him a five-star. Duke, if he would have committed to Duke, somehow he would have went up and been a five-star. You know, sometimes it happens. But, yeah, it does. You just got to look at stuff. People start getting offers when certain schools start talking to them, you know. It happens all the time. They wouldn't get that offer if another school wouldn't go because they know this is a good recruiting um, staff right here, and they want to see what they got. It happens with the Blue Bloods in basketball all the time. When Villanova gets an offer to somebody, here come Kentucky and Duke. Villanova offered Jalen Green when he was 16 years old. Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine offered them before all the Blue Bloods. And all of a sudden, you know, they start seeing like, man, Nova must know something. And here come Duke and Kentucky. It happens every time. Yo, so um, you have to understand that Villanova basketball is big. Villanova basketball is big. Big to the next power. And now with this unit coming in and moving, we're talking about Villanova being something special, especially when the year when all these recruiting classes come in. You got Louisville coming in. You got a bunch of recruiting classes coming in. Coming in, I mean stomping on people. Louisville, Arizona, just this season, this season alone, then Michigan State picked up some talent. So this season alone, this season alone, this season alone is just going to be an exciting season. I heard a lot of backlash about college basketball. I mean, y'all heard it. College basketball ain't good. They can't, like, I mean, I mean, you hear it all. I think the downplay of just how good coaching is and developing players totally went out the window. And Villanova really reshaped that notion, especially with the two out of three championships. Two out of three championships. And with the coaches that they do, there's no one and done. So let's go to this spec. The spectacle here, I feel like, um, once again, let's go back to Brandon Slater. Brandon Slater is who you call uh, a shooting guard that can play, I'll tell you, guard three positions, and he can score. Like, he's, he's a dangerous type. If you look at Michael Bridges, if you like Michael Bridges, you like Brandon Slater. That's all, that's all you're looking at. I feel like it's a clone. If you look at the game of both, Brandon Slater was just better than Michael Bridges at a certain time, um, 
because he played against different competition. Michael Bridges wasn't even looked at like that. I think if Michael Bridges would have came out in this recruiting class, you the or the Brandon Slater recruiting class, he would have been more highly known just like a Brandon Slater. I don't think he was looked. High school recruits had to, you had to be top ten or you would just wasn't looked at. But Michael Bridges wasn't even highly thought of like Brandon Slater was. I think Brandon Slater is just more developed than Michael Bridges was in high school. He can he can pass the ball. He's a uh, he's still a, he's an elite defender. He can play offense. He can take you to the hole. He's more athletic. Like Brandon Slater, I, I, I'm excited to see. Now people are saying you know Antoine won't play today. People think Justin Moore. Well, that's a good. Um, I'm not saying you could be wrong. I just don't think I'm putting Jay Wright as a, as Jay Wright together. We know Sadiq Bay came in there and got time. We we know Sadiq Bay got time, but it's a little different now. You got experienced guys. I don't think they want to throw. Who else besides Sadiq Bay would get time besides Cole Swatter? So they all are freshmen. So Sadiq Bay was the better freshman. Jermaine Samuels had to play with him. They they made sure they groomed Jermaine Samuels just right to be a player. He made his mistakes. People doubted him. I told people, look, this dude is good, and, and he's ready to, like, Jermaine Samuels is going to dunk on every, Like, he's going to be, watch, just watch this season where Jermaine Samuels, it's his time. He's the next dude, and I didn't know who was the next dude at first. I was just trying to see who was stepping up. I think the last couple of games, seeing Jermaine Samuels play, I said, Jermaine is the next, he's the next, because you didn't know at first who was next at the field booth and Eric Pascal. You just didn't know. You didn't know. So now you got um, Jermaine Samuels and, and it's Colin Gillespie. And, I, and Slater always, just like Antoine, Slater was highly thought of just like Antoine. And, and they're, they're, the relationship between Antoine and Villanova is the same between Slater and Villanova. I mean, they are like Slater is that type of guy. And, and, and the thing is, what people don't understand is that Slater can score in be a beast too. It's, it's really something crazy to look at how deep Nova is. Nobody understands how good Brandon Slater is. He's an elite player. You put him next to Colin and whoa. Then you got Jermaine Samuels, Sadiq Bay, and you know, here goes the, the, the Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I, 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 I think he could start, but also he couldn't. Don't be surprised. The, Roundtree is a junior and a champion. Not saying Robinson Earl not going to... People are confusing starting lineup with time. Like, they really are confusing starting lineup with time. I mean, if if it was really like that, Gillespie going over Quinterly at that time, knowing the type of player Quinterly was, let them know, look, this is experience thing. It's a Gillespie Booth thing. They experienced... Everybody, the only person... It was only room for one person and Quinley didn't take that position Bay was the better freshman that's what it all came down to who was the better freshman and of course Bay was the better freshman it wasn't the Gillespie you could talk about Gillespie being who he is you could easily put um Quinley you could have easily been like Quinley you could have been like um Quinley and Booth you could have been like Gillespie and you know with everything going on how the lineups go um Gillespie still gets starters time. And then, you know, Bay coming off the bench. It could have, Slater was uh, the highly talented guy. How come he didn't get, because Bay was the better freshman.
It was Swatter and Bay. Those were the two freshmen. Quinley was number three. It just, but you know, in this in this circumstance, it just didn't make sense to put Quinley there. Let him develop. Let him be Quinley because Quinley's a good player. I mean, Quinley had an impact last year. No question, he had games where he impacted. And his time, his times where he didn't, it was times when he impacted. You saw it. So they could have definitely put him in there with Gillespie. But at the same time, if you look at it, oh no, with Booth. When we talk about that, you could have definitely put Quinley in there with Booth and play Gillespie. They still got starters minutes. But it didn't no, it wasn't it didn't work out like that. Bay was more developed, Swatter was ready, and Quinley still got his time. I mean, this year Quinley would have got his time. He still would have got like starters time. He would have been the number one guard off the bench. He would have got starters time. But Quinley didn't want that. He didn't like I think but Quinley just didn't want that he wanted that more that, yo, I want to I want to spot. I want to be catered to as a spot maker, the guy for this friend. You know, I don't want to be battling for minutes. I want to be that guy. Alabama has given him the opportunity to be that guy. And and it's only a matter of time before he's the Alabama starting point guard. That's what Quinley wants. He don't want to battle for minutes. He wanted to start the time. He he wanted to start and get the minutes. He wanted to be that guy. And he knew coming into this season with so many. I'm going to tell y'all another thing that contributed to the fact that him transferring. The talent level. You coming in with Justin Moore and Brian Antoine. So it's not like it can. it's, it's going to unanimously be you and, and, and Quinterly. I mean, you and Gillespie, that's different. Now Antoine is here. He would have dealt with Justin Moore. I don't, he ain't dealing with Antoine and Justin Moore. You know how that look? Like, he knew the time was going to get split, and, you know, he would have to wait to be the starting point guard. Quinley wouldn't have been the starting point guard until his junior season or senior season. I just don't I'm, – I'm, listen, well, let me take that back. After this season, I would have saw that, yeah. I see. I can see that. I can see after – not this season. I don't – not this season. It's, it's too much of a battle. There's two shooting guards, and it would have been Quinley and Gillespie. It don't even make sense. Why would Wright do that? Quinley backing up Gillespie, Moore backing up Antoine. That's what it would have been. It would have been Antoine and Gillespie. Because Gillespie did nothing to lose his job. He's not going to go into the next season and take him out. So right there and then, you know, and Antoine would have left after his first year. And then you would have saw the Quinley-Gillespie because Gillespie can play off the ball. He's he's a heavier guy, and you got Justin Moore, and there you go. But he's not trying to do that. He's not. He ain't trying to be a junior point guard. He wanted to come in now with a whole new monster. And then starters minutes was not on his level in freshman season. I don't think he liked how the whole freshman thing went. Even though he had love, he just wanted a better. So, so we go back and we look. And now we back to the Slater thing and what it does for the impact. I just don't think more starts. I mean, if you look at it, who's backing up more? And they can go like that. They can simply go with a guy that's a minus and have a, a, a free guard rotation of Archie Diacono, um, Justin Moore, and Gillespie. But it's not going to happen like that. That's not going to rock like that. They're going to bring Slater, have more backup Slater. You can easily have Swider. This is when Eric Dixon is going to get his time. You can easily have Swider play the three. You can have uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl play there four. 
And you can easily have Dixon back up. This is why Dixon's going to get time because Antoine's going to be out. Dixon will get time now. Everybody want to know about Eric Dixon. He's going him and Justin Moore definitely are going to get time now. They're going to need more because it's going to be times when Slater going to have to play the three anyway. He's going to have to back up Samuels anyway. You know what I mean? But they're still going to put Cole Swider at the three. Because they're going to give him so much time between the three and the four. And then Robinson Earl can go between the four and the five. And Dixon can get their five time. When they can bring Robinson Earl to back up Sadiq Bay, they can do lineups of Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Eric Dixon. That that lineup right there is dangerous. Then when you want to rest Slater, you could put in Justin Moore and, and Gillespie. Gillespie going to get so much time, man. It's going to be crazy. They're not going to throw Archie Diakon onto the fire. They're going to give him a little bit of run, but it's not like that. If anybody knows, Gillespie and Gillespie and Quinterly, back-to-back freshman years, got, you know, minutes, but it wasn't minutes like that. So, Archie Diakon going to get the same minutes that they got. So, Gillespie will have time to rest, but it's not going to be like that. He's going to get the booth minutes. <laughs> Gillespie getting ready to get the booth minutes. <laughs> Been to be in there getting it in. You know what I mean? So, and the, and the front court rotation of Damir Cosby, Roundtree, Eric Dixon, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, nobody's really talking about that. What's wrong? Like, that's dangerous. Like, you can put Dixon in there, he can have 25 and 25. You can say what you want. Dixon can hit you from the outside or the inside. He's a bully. You're not even going to stop him. Arms are too strong. When he backs you in, there's nothing you can do. When he wants to score, he can score. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He's 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 a less athletic Amari Spellman. Well, I think he's more stronger than Amari Spellman. So, and then you get Jeremiah Robinson Earl. This dude is like a, a bigger Grand Hill. That's he can run the floor. He can shoot from three. He's so smooth. He's patient. Like I, yeah, I, I think he's a one and done. I just think that NBA scouts see it because of what you're doing in Team USA. That puts your NBA up, and he a uh, five star. Then you go to Villanova, up Villanova, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. If he would have went to any of them joints, they would have been looking at him like whoa. So, and then you got Cosby Roundtree. I don't have to say, listen, he's the best post player in it. I mean, I know Eric Dixon's good, and Robinson Earl's more the all-around guy, but this, this is, when you get him cutting the basket in the post, man, Robinson, Cosby Roundtree is a strong individual, strong and quick. Now, we're going to see what happens, but he already knows the game. These guys are new to the college game. He's going to already have his spots, know what to do. If you watched him in high school, you should be very afraid in the East, in the, in the Big East, about the next. I, I told people how good he was going to be, and he was in between what I said. Like he started out hot, and then you know, the time went down. Just him learning. Same thing. Colin had cold games too. Colin just got to run more. He had to get the run. You got a freshman backing you up, and you are the sophomore starting guard that people are depending on. You have the killer instinct. People know it, so you're going to get the chances. You know, Cosby learn, learn, and they also learn when you put him in there, the game changes defensively on the other, both sides of the ball. It, it affect, he affects it, whether he's scoring or not. He's rebounding, he's playing defense, his energy, boom. And then when he scores, he's going to get in there. You give him some time, he, he, he's definitely going to get in there. He can cut to the basket. He's good in transition. You know what I mean? He's a weapon there. you got to watch him because he knows where the ball is at. Then he's going to get the inside. When, once his post game becomes strong, 
once that his post game becomes strong, Cosby Roundtree is going to be different. That's all. We ain't talking about no outside shot. People don't know basketball. As long as you get the ball in the basket, we're talking about outside shots and this and that. No. Once his post game is strong, he's not he's not the one or two player on this team. You know what I mean? He's not the, he's not the uh, scorer you depend on. He's a post player that can play. And if he can put the post down and get you like at least eight points a game, you're cool. And he can do that. And the thing is, he can get more than that. I, I'm not – eight is just putting – because there's so many shooters and p- people can score in different ways – so he's not going to be dependent on – he might be the third best player and third most important player because of him being a junior and a champion and what he does. But guys like Robinson Earl and Slater and, and, and um, Swider are going to be more scorers um, who are dependent on to hit the outside shot, the inside shot. They're going to be dependent on. They're going to be dependent on. All right, uh, 2021 recruiting. I don't want to get too much. Um, I just want to, you know, Villanova Radio, keep you all updated. Um We'll talk more about more Villanova basketball again um, next. But let's talk about the recruiting. Same thing. Max Christie. Um, watch out for 2021 Max Christie. I, I love the offers they have out now. Um, Langston Love is just looking to see what he does um, at Mount Verde. I just feel like he's a he's a beast of a player. Um, Devin Askew, that's to look at him. I mean, those are three guys. They got um, A.J. Griffin. Villanova can get him just like, it just depends on who's recruiting who. It's 2021, though. And they can get on A.J. Griffin because Duke of Kentucky are trying to flex on their 2020 classes right now. That's, 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 see, one thing about being one and done, you got you to gotta flex on your class. Like, you got to hurry up and get them built. So while that's happening, and Villanova ain't worried about 2020, they worried about 2021, so the relationship between A.J. Griffin and Villanova is going to grow. Let's just see how Kentucky, how you feel about Kentucky or Duke enough to go there, but it's going to grow. Same way they got Samuels and Antoine, and same way they got people like Quinley and Walker to look at them over, you know what I mean? Like, Villanova builds relationships because people have to constantly build daily or yearly relationships in Duke and Kentucky because they don't keep people. So right now, this is an advantage because the 2020 classes of Duke, Kentucky, they're, they're trying to close those up. They're trying to make them super. They, they got, like, guys, multiple guys they have not committed that they got to focus on. So 2021, Villanova can make a run. When 2021 starts, look for Villanova to get, listen, Trey Patterson out of every, and then in the joke who I've already said, still those guys, I feel like, I mean, because Blue Bloods are not on Trey Patterson like that, but they know who he is. And even if that happens, they gonna, he's going to be like, oh, Villanova been on me so long. Trey Patterson, I mean, that's the one 2021 guy I remember on Hoop Night. Hoop Mania, he was the youngest guy coming in there. They had been on him for years. So I, I he's Nova. I mean, he's already always feeling Nova. He's, he's, it's like home. Hey, it's like the same way New Jersey, Brian Antoine, Sky Lewis was like, like they back door. So then you look at... um. Then in the Joku, and that's a that's a that's a big time center, but that's not like a five star. I I don't see that right now as a problem. The Joku was being recruited before he got stars by Villanova, and as soon as he you know before he even got stars, Villanova gave him an offer. Then all of a sudden, oh, let's let's rate him. You see how that works? They probably was thinking about it, but didn't do it until Nova did something because they're like, oh, we got to put this guy on the radar now because you know we was gonna do it later on, but oh, he's starting to get looked at so. 
I just feel like those are the two guys that Villanova can have. But A.J. Griffin, uh, uh, Trevor Keels, look out for him. Looking at all these point guards, all these, Trevor Keels could be the one guy that commit. I mean, I think those he's from the same school as um, Slater. And Roach, so those are three, your three guys to look at, that's it. And I'm not saying that's because of that. The relationship is there between them both. The relationship between Trevor Kills and um, Villanova is there. And ain't no blue, other Blue Bloods even looked at them. No other rival schools. Like, if you ain't doing Kentucky, I'm not really, Nova's not really worried about you unless they lean off of you. I don't care about Kansas. Duke and Kentucky is always that school that Villanova has to worry about. It's always their biggest competition. Right now, Griffin and Kentucky, yeah, Devin Askew, Duke Kentucky are looking at this guy. Uh, right now, Max Christie is – now, that's the one wild card. I don't – they're both mutual interest, big interest, but, you know, it's still a lot of other teams that are involved that are doing, you know, doing things, you know, to recruit them. Is Villanova recruiting them hard enough? It's like a 50-50 thing. They're interested in Max Christie. I mean, but it's, as much as they recruited Trey Patterson and Njoku, it's different. And with the kills, it's a little different. So we're going to see. If Villanova starts to pursue him, I got you. I'm out of here. Leader Johnson, Villanova Radio, out, y'all.